Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Freaks and geeks, what is up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I am your host, James. Joined alongside, oh my goodness, breaking news. A huge announcement here. We have the king of all beards. We have the hipsterist of the hipsters. Wait a minute. We have Matt, the franchise Francisco. Bro, I've been here the whole time. Hey, yeah, I'm just here so I don't get fined, you know? Okay. I'm back. I'm back. What's I'm, up, pal? A lot of things are up. You've got pants on? I have pants on. Khakis. I'm exce- ca- ca- they're like official pants, even. Yeah, they're real pants, even yeah. though it's 112 <laughs> degrees outside. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> I'm back. I'm ready to go. Yeah, happy I'm buddy. You know what's funny is uh, what you just said there, I'm going to have to say for the daps. Because but this this is all gonna tie in. Okay. But I can't wait to do it. Although he does a I was upset at first. Oh by the way, this is what a tease. At a rank. I usually don't jump in before I'm introduced. Okay. But I'm so excited today. Yes. Because the franchise is back. He's back in town. And uh, the beard is great. And you're back, Frank. I've been working on the stash part, the little handlebars a little bit. Oh, Oh, I see it. Yeah. It's coming in. It's coming in. It is coming in. And thanks, Alex, for acknowledging. Yeah, Rank's back, back. too. He's been out for a couple weeks with some vacation and other things. After James tried to get rid of me, tried to trade me. What? Oh, what? He was was like, are you sure you just don't want to do the ATL podcast now? I'm like, I've never been asked. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's, How dare you? That is inaccurate. Second of all, I didn't even know you were on the. I've never been on it. ATN. I've never. I'm You've not. never. <laughs> <been on it. laughs> oh, all right. That's Great. the thing, though. It's like oh. if you, it's like if you're, <laughs> if you're Ring of Honor. Yeah. You're not going to bring in the Rock okay. to come do a show and then overwhelm. Oh, the rest I, of the, I see where you're going. Entre- oh, no, I, like, I, like, I like Ring of Honor a lot. It I only took us about 40 too. seconds to get the first wrestling reference Good. in. You know what's great? You and, know Rank is back. And by the way, I was so busy on vacation. And by the way, I know Marcus's vacation was way cooler, so I'm going to talk about <laughs> mine first because I don't want to follow it. That's a great point. Because I'm like, oh, I was Good in move. Vegas. That's why yeah. he jumped in. I was, at the, I, I, was at, I was in Vegas, and yeah. I was in the Newport Coast Marriott vacation villas or whatever. But – I missed the WWE pay-per-view, and I've got it queued up on my computer. Last, the last night? <laughs> last my night, buddy so. told me his Great Balls of Fire. What great the hell is going fire. on with that name? I don't know. I don't know. All That's right. the great Adam Rank. We got MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? It's nice to be back stateside again. 
Yeah. After a couple of weeks abroad. Okay. Um, yeah. Was you want to share with the listeners and the viewers? I, uh, I, I was in Barcelona for uh, about five days. I went to Edinburgh, Scotland for about five days. Uh, okay. Two very different cities. Um, spent a lot of after hours time in uh, local establishments. Watering holes. <laughs> Watering holes and, and the like. Um, <laughs> but meet a lot of fun, interesting people Good. in those sorts of places. Lovely. So uh, it All was right. wonderful. It was great. And again, we've got the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Kelhar. What's up? Big week, guys. Two t- two podcasts this week. So, oh, that's uh, the know, other thing. Got to make sure we iron out these kinks. Coming at you this Monday morning and Thursday morning. That'll probably be the schedule from here on out, so get used to it. I was so overwhelmed by this beard over here. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to mention that, again, you're listening to us on a Monday. It's going to be Monday and Thursday now, moving forward, 8 a.m. for those of you on Facebook Live, if you want to catch us live. So I just shared it, by the way. Oh, thank you, Pat. As did I. If you guys, yeah. I do appreciate that. If you do have, and I'm looking at you too. I think anybody <laughs> who's watching it right now, if you yes. could share it as well, that would be that Okay, would be that helpful. would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. All you right. You know who won't share it? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, listen, we're going to be talking about the Stock Watch. It's a wonderful piece that uh, Marcus, Grant's, Marcus Grant writes, and he will be sharing with us his summer. Stock watch. We're going to be talking about Juju Smith Schuster, of course. Laddie Murray. What do you mean, of course? Mike Gillisley. What are you trying to say? <laughs> We're also going to get into <laughs> the, the strength of schedule. Uh, weeks 1 through 14, some interesting information that I unearth via scout.com. The great folks there with some great information. Uh, and of course, we will close out with a round of daily daps, but we start the show as always with your top headlines. <laughs> The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. Before we get to the top headlines, of course, I am remiss by not mentioning NFL.com slash DraftKit. NFL.com slash DraftKit That's for a he- all. That's headline in and of itself right there. For all of your drafting needs. I know a lot of folks are, st- are starting to creep towards that drafting time right now. And if you need some info, go to NFL.com slash DraftKit. Also of note, also of note, again, uh, if you're f- following us on Facebook Live, I'll be answering your questions. Uh, we'll all be answering your questions there as well. Okay, so. Uh, we shall start in Carolina. Is it time to move Christian McCaffrey down your boards? Max Henson from Panthers.com said everyone from head coach Ron Rivera to running backs coach Jim Skipper has insisted that Stewart's role will not change. The punishing, he goes on to say, the punishing 240-pound runner will continue to see the bulk of the carries. What do you guys think about that news uh, regarding Christian McCaffrey? We'll start with the franchise, Matt Francis Grinch. Yeah, so one of the biggest knocks on McCaffrey during draft season is does he have the size to be an in-between-the-tackles type of runner? Can he be a workhorse in the NFL? Mm-hmm. So I, I can see a situation where, you know, he's a rookie. They bring him in, see what he can do. But, you know, they, they have Jonathan Stewart as kind of that early down banger role. He's had over 200 carries the last two seasons, but he hasn't played in all 16 games in a, in a season, I think, since 2011 or something. So I can see Stewart sort of retaining that role. He's a veteran. He's 30 years old. He has uh, some good seasons under his belt. Uh, and I can see kind of like a, a committee situation going on here where they sort of deploy McCaffrey – as like a secret weapon where both of them on the field at the same time. We all know McCaffrey's a stud, but I think uh, the fantasy community has kind of anointed him 
as a savior to the Panthers' run game a little too early. I think according to Fantasy Pros ADP, he's running back 14 right now, Woo! which is a little too high for me for a rookie who we don't really know what his role is going to be. So I would definitely move him down my board a little bit. No, I get there. that. That I There's nothing I would disagree with that statement. And I – I don't want to make the the compare. It's so lazy to go to Danny Woodhead because, but it's it's that type of running back. So I'll think of somebody like let's say like Charles Sims or somebody, sure, who is a complimentary running back who is still very effective. Yeah, and I know that in Danny Woodhead's prime with the Chargers, there were there were points of the season or points or some seasons where he was a top twenty fantasy back, and we see now that committee backs can now because everybody does it that committee backs can be a top 20 can be top 20 running backs. Sure. And I think with Christian McCaffrey, because he's so valuable in so many different roles and has the ability to do so many different things on the field. That's what makes him attractive is that you don't need him to be a between the tackles pounder because he can split them out wide. You can put them in the slot. You can do a variety of different things. And again, like for me, like the RB 14 would be somebody I'd be drafting in the fifth or sixth round anyways, but because they come off the board way too quick as it is, um, I do think, though, this is, again, why this is just a further illustration of why we wait to draft. for running backs. Oh, okay. You know? Oh, I see. Why you wait for running backs. Yeah. No, I, I actually like drafting early. I w- I've been talking about this a lot recently. It's like I like drafting, like the whole notion of drafting in July uh-huh. and then having to sweat out training camp oh, I see. and those preseason games. Yeah. That's an added layer. It adds to the fancy. I yeah, it's it. like, yeah. hey, yeah. <laughs> it's like, otherwise you're taking no, no, a like book it. test. Yeah. No, no, I like that. Um, I, like I would that. say I think the the more apt comparison for McCaffrey might still be Reggie Bush, early career Reggie Bush right. in New Orleans, when his first three years he was still a decent fantasy back, uh, especially his rookie year. But he only had 155, 157, 106 rushes in those first three years. He had like a million receptions too. He had 88, 73, and 52 uh, the last season he was injured. But I mean, you think about it. Um, the Panthers lost Mike Tolbert this year. I don't think Fozzie Whitaker is there anymore either. I think he is, so but maybe. he might get cut. But still, so Cam Newton last year had 90 rush attempts. That's almost certainly going to drop this year with the additions they made. They seem to be wanting to run Cam a little less. Uh, Tolbert's 35 rushes are gone. I mean, Ted Ginn's 14 rushes are gone. But you can easily look at this uh, distribution in the backfield and see a case where McCaffrey gets 120 carries. But still, when he adds in 60, 70 receptions, like he, he very well could, that's going to still make him a nice, solid flex RB two safe floor starter. And I think, see, I think that's the, I think that's a little caveat here in this whole statement. That's the thing that I, I kind of focused on. You want to talk about parsing out a statement here? Okay. Yeah, Jonathan Stewart will get the bulk of the carries. Yeah. They'll find ways to get Christian McCaffrey the football. I see what you're And saying. so it may be these little dump-offs that, that aren't actually carries, but they're kind of extended handoffs the, anyway. The theoretic carries. Right, exactly. Ah. So, so yeah, sure, Jonathan Stewart may see the same or close to the same number of carries as he always has, but if they are, as, as Alex mentioned, they, they don't want Cam to run nearly as much because of the pounding he's taken the last few years. Uh, they don't have Mike Tolbert, but they want to find ways to get McCaffrey in the offense. And, and I think we always believed that he was more of a PPR option maybe than even a just straight standard scoring option. Sure. So, you know, these little extend, extended handoffs that technically aren't carries um, could end up being you know, a lot of what he does this year. A lot of what Christian, a lot of what franchise said uh, hits home to me as well. The RB fourteen, we're pricing him right now if he hits his ceiling, yeah, right? For sure, that's his ceiling. I feel like if you're drafting him as the RB fourteen, he has to do 
all of those things that you guys talked about and do them well to return value. I, I mean, again, if he's if he's in a PPR and he's catching 80 balls like Reggie Bush was, and then obviously he would return uh, a greater value than the RB14. But, again, I, I just think in standard leagues, RB14, man, he's got to do all of those things that you guys were hitting on to, to really get to that value. And I think right now the fantasy community is – pricing him at his absolute ceiling. Yeah, it's, That's happening. it's happening with a couple of players, but it also, on the flip side, uh, making Jonathan Stewart a crazy good value. That's a if great point. If you're in a standard league... You know what? That's a great like, point. He's not going until rounds 9 or 10, and if you're getting the early down, probably preferential goal line workhorse, like it's Jonathan Stewart. There's going to be frustrating weeks where he just has 20, 30 yards. But, like, that's that's real nice value in round 9 or 10 to grab Jay Stu in a standard league. All right, so we got some uh, questions rolling in as well. This is from Sam Schaff on Facebook Live. Christian McCaffrey or Ty Montgomery? I love this question. Ty. In a heartbeat. Ty in a heartbeat. Ty, I mean, he's projected to be the lead back there in Mm -hmm. in Green Bay. Adam Wright? Ty Montgomery, Christian McCaffrey. (laughs) What you got? (laughs) I know you're not paying attention, so I'll ask you a question again. Dude, I'm – Following along on oh. Facebook. Oh, okay. <laughs> want to make sure. Somebody was saying Joe Mixon in the third round. Um, I'm going to go McCaffrey. I'm not ready to jump in on Ty Montgomery all the way. Okay. It, the funny thing about that is that there are uh, two Stanford backs. <laughs> how about that? Nice. All right. Uh, how about this? We go from one big cat to another on the Bengals official team website. We go from the Panthers to the Bengals. Jeff Hobson writes that he believes Jeremy Hill will have an impact, especially in the early part of the season. Hobson cites the fact that Jeremy Hill is in a contract year. That's a great note. And that Gio Bernard is still recovering from an ACL injury. And Joe Mixon, obviously, a rookie. So we'll start with MG My Guy Marcus Grant. Jeremy Hill having an impact in the early part of the season. What does that kind of do for all three of those backs' value kind of it, come draft day? I don't know that it impacts Gio Bernard all that much just because I think people were sort of down on him to begin with. So I I don't know that this changes him. Uh, I think Jeremy Hill gets a little bit of a boost, but how many people, you know, I don't know that I do, believe that he's going to hold on to a large role in this offense all season long. Um, Okay. Especially, I mean, last year they made it a point to try to get him the football and to try to get him going repeatedly, and it just never happened. Um, And so then, you know, as a result, both he and Gio were were both kind of miserable. Um, but if, that, if it turns out to be the case this year that, again, they're trying to get Jeremy Hill going early in the season, and if it, he doesn't respond, uh, then I think you start to see Mixon work in more and more. And I, I was always of the belief that, sure, maybe the first month or so, okay. you see a lot of Hill. After that, it's going to start to be more and more Mixon, and I don't know that anything in my mind has changed by that. What's Mixon's price tag right now? Is he going to the third round? I don't know that he's going quite that early. I think he's uh, more of a folks fourth. are getting pretty hyper on on Joe Mixon. So. Yeah, and there are a lot of there are a lot of rookie running backs this year that people are getting really excited about. Oh yeah, he's going forty two overall. It's forty two so overall. Fourth, fifth round. Fourth, yeah. fifth round. All right. I don't know. Uh, what do you think about that price franchise? Uh, I think uh, that's a fair price for Mixon. I think Hill's going to be on a short leash, uh, and I think the Bengals, if they want to compete in the AFC North, they got to get the ground game going, and they couldn't do that last year. And it affected them. And uh, this would be interesting. How about if Joe Mixon just fills out that Gio Bernard role just entirely? Is just the the between the twenties guy? It's a uh, much bigger Gio Bernard. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Listen. Look. A, a, a bigger, more talented Gio yeah, Bernard. Yeah. He's a. Beast. But I'm saying he's. But let's say they utilize him between. Actually, let, let's say they utilize him between the tens. Okay. Yeah, and right. then when they get to a goal line situation, in comes Jeremy Hill because right. obviously a big boy down there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that kind of backfield split in the Bengals' backfield in 2017. 
All right, let's talk about the Miami backfield. A huge red flag for Jay Ajayi, question mark. As was pointed out by Warren Sharp on Twitter, at Sharp Football, a great follow, follow him, 23% of Ajayi's fantasy points came on, count them, seven total runs. 57% of his runs went for three yards or less. Does this, I don't know, interesting stat change your outlook on his 2017 Alex Gellhorn? Uh, no, not particularly. Uh, as we were we were talking about before the draft, I mean, it's a very interesting stat, but like big play threats get a lot of points through, uh, out of necessity through big plays. Like, you know, if you if you ha- rip off like a 60-yard touchdown run like Jay Ajayi did, that's, that's 12 points right there. That becomes a huge part of your thing. And I think the reason you draft Ajayi is because he's going to have the high volume and you know that those explosive plays are in his arsenal. So especially with all the talk that he's going to have an expanded passing game role, we know there's really not a lot of threat for touches behind him. Uh, I, I, it doesn't really change the impact for me. I, I don't think that that signals that he's going to be a bust. I, I just think that you know there might it could indicate that there could be some more frustrating games. But hey, if he carries the ball, you know, 30 times, three yards a pop, that's still 90 yards. So, <laughs> JJ currently being drafted as a top 12 pick on Fantasy Football Calculator. He's ranked as a top 12 player on Fantasy Pros aggregate ranking as well. So I'll ask you, Adam, rank a top a top 12 pick. Is that is that good value for Jay Ajayi? Do you believe in that? If you want to draft a running back that early, and I always hate to do that as a caveat, but certainly, he, to me, he's in the top six, seven. I mean, he's up there. I mean, cherry, I, this is the thing. We're so far away from fantasy drafts. It's now the time where we want to cherry pick everything and the mm. jokes that we kept making, you know, and, and everything yes. about like, oh, you know what, if you take away – if you take away all of Aaron Rodgers' touchdown passes, what did he really do last year? <laughs> you take away those 40 plays, he did nothing. So, I mean, th- and that's this is what we did. Now, okay. they, it, it seems like – But, I mean th- – No, 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 this is, a, no, this mean, is the way fantasy people pl- – But seven runs. I mean, that's – That's good. That's, that's significant, that's, you know? That's fantasy football. Like, yeah. there's – like, if you – like, what was the thing? Like, they always talk about, like, if you take a stopwatch to an NFL game, the ball's in action, like, for three minutes or something – I know I'm exaggerating yeah, right yeah. now. For three minutes. But that's, but that's what it's like. Like, there's three a lot of power games like, boiled down to three how many, minutes. How many plays? Uh, like, how many rushes does uh-huh. a guy have or anything like that? Like, yeah. He was very effective, and now they want to give him an opportunity. I think what you're drafting here is the opportunity to go out there to be a number one running back. We were just talking about other running back by committees. Yeah. Jay Ajayi, Adam Gase is very committed to getting the, in the ball. Thing. I love that an Adam Gase combination. Lot. Yeah, he's got, they got one of the best coaches. In the I love NFL. It. Well, one of the best up and coming. There's coaches. there's a lot of hype around Ajay this offseason because the coaches have been talking him up 300 plus carries. Uh, Hello, the, the Dolphins ESPN reporter. I forget what his name is, but predicted 1900 total yards for Ajay this year. Oh what? So the hype train is the the J train is rolling, right? Hold on. And I think I think <laughs> the Miami the B- Miami beat guy for ESPN predicted 1900 total yards. Yeah. What? All purpose yards. Yeah. Come on, oh, bro. But I think wow. it, this is, you know, the hype train is going. And I, do you remember last what? year when we were all like, oh, it's Arian Foster's backfield. Jay Ajay is dead because he had, like, a bad preseason game. Not only that, and then they left, left him at he home. Got left they at left home. him at home week one. <laughs> so heading into week five last year when he took over the role, he, he, had, was dead. he had 18 rush attempts heading into week five. That's crazy. Yeah. And then he had 240 or whatever it was. Back-to-back 200 games. Through the rest of the this season. This guy has too right. many 200-yard rushing games. So, I like, guess. what what makes us think that his volume won't go up? He basically missed the first four games, right? right. 
What makes us think he won't improve on 260 carries and 1,200 rushing yards? Because in I his, just went in and his second season as a feature back, especially if he increases his receptions, which all signs point to that happening. There's some but concern. Look at the numbers. The thing, the <laughs> one thing, the one thing I worry about saying. is how they used Damian Williams in the red zone last year. He had six red zone touchdowns, three receiving and three rushing. Yeah. And there were time, there they were games where like Ajay did all the work and they got to the goal line and they put Damian Williams in and he scored the touchdown. And I'm like, what are you doing, Dolphins? All right, we go to that Ma- concerns. Mike Valverde on Facebook Live. Who wins the starting role, uh, West or Hunt? West. Or Hunt. Well, Spencer Ware. Spencer, Spencer Ware. Is probably <laughs> Spencer Ware. Or I was trying to decipher that. Terrence West. I was like, no, Terrence no, Char- West? Charkandrick West Char- or, uh, or Kareem Hunt. Okay. Um, and you know how I feel about Kareem Hunt. Uh, I, I do think he eventually passes West for the number two spot. But, yeah, this is Spencer Ware's backfield. Anyone disagree? No. No? I mean, there's been so much pub and hype on, on Kareem Hunt. Nothing? It's still oh. it's it's Spencer Ware's backfield. Okay. All right. There we go. Man, that was just so so definitively answered. <laughs> I like it. Hey, let's go to the stock watch. You can catch this at NFL.com slash Grant. Am I, we- is that right? Weekly column. It is weekly. NFL.com slash Grant? Yeah, we, There's not a vanity, is there? Uh, We can make one. Okay, I, well, we can not? easily make we one. Can easily <laughs> make. <laughs> well, for right now, we will say NFL.com slash Grant. We'll check it out. Uh, basically, Marcus Grant uh, – takes a, 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 a temperature uh, of certain players and, and sees if their stock is rising or falling. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, stock on the rise, as we explained earlier. Uh, MG, you want to walk us through the rest uh, of your stock watch there? Yeah, sure. Um, see, I went uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, let's, let's, you know, let's, let's tamp down a little bit on this. I mean, the report is basically he's been working with the first team in their red zone offense, their red zone packages. And, you know, he can be a big body, strong physical receiver, which makes sense around the goal line. You want somebody like that so you don't get Malcolm Butler uh, in the Super Bowl. Uh, so, I mean, let's not, let's not blow this out of proportion and think that suddenly he's going to jump in and be an every week starter for you. But he's a name now to keep an eye on as we get through training camp to start to see how the Steelers might use him. Uh, old Latavius Murray. Um, Laddie Murray. Laddie Murray. So it wasn't, you know, it's, it's bad enough that he left the Raiders and their fantastic offensive line to go to the Vikings, whose offensive line, from a rushing standpoint, was uh, ungood last year. Garbo. Uh, it, so that's not good. But then it's even worse when basically Latavius Murray is coming out and saying, yeah, Dalvin Cook right now is ahead of me in terms of, uh, you know, knowing, knowing the offense. And, and knowing <laughs> what? Nothing. Yeah. Why would you say that? Why <laughs> would you say yeah, that? He's like, yeah, he's like, Dalvin's probably, Dalvin's probably a little bit ahead of me right now. <laughs> I'm taking him off my board entirely so, for that quote alone. So, yeah, what are you saying, dude? A moment of uh, – <laughs> That's a, I feel like that's when keeping it real goes wrong. You know, it's just one of those moments 100%, there. 100%. So, 100%. So, for the, because of that, Latavius Murray, his stock is falling. Oh, my and, uh, Lord. And finally, Mike Gillisley, who is on the rise right now because the reports are – now, mind you, this is, you know, New England we're talking about. But yeah. the reports are Gillisley is slated – to slide into the LeGarrette Blunt role in the offense. And yeah. I know we've been struggling to figure out how, you know, the assignments are going to be divvied up in the backfield. And yep, I, yep. I don't know that we 100% know. Uh, I also don't take this to mean that Mike Gillisley is going to have 18 rushing touchdowns this year. But it at least offers, I think, a little bit of clarity as to what they may do with him, meaning he will be the short yardage guy. He'll be the, you know, the goal line guy. He'll be the grind out the clock guy, you know, late in ball games when they have a lead and they just want to salt it away. So at least that little bit of clarity, I think, helps us uh, slot Gillisley a little bit better when we get to draft time. It's interesting. Mike Gillisley, part of the Patriots backfield. Did you know that the New England Patriots have the second easiest running back schedule through the first 14 weeks 
of the schedule. That, my friends, in this business is called a segue. <laughs> Strength of schedule, week one through 14 via scout.com. Some interesting <clears throat> findings uh, that I found there. I'll, I'll tweet out the link to it, too. This is really great info uh, via scout.com. Um, and, again, look, I, I've, I've said it before. It's a dangerous game you play if you're basing 2017 on 2016 stats. Yes. And I get that. Yes. And I get that. But there is something to be said about strength of schedule. At least it should at least play a small factor into how you might approach. Maybe you're deciding between two guys, and this could be the small tipping point uh, between the two guys that you might be deciding. But we'll start with Carolina. They have the fourth easiest schedule for quarterbacks, and obviously a lot of folks predicting Cam Newton is set up for a, a, a nice big bounce back. Uh, how much does this play into, I guess, you know, what you're thinking Cam might do in 2017, Adam Ray? Yeah, again, like you, the NFL is just way too topsy-turvy. And it is. to look over a full season and a full slate of games and trying to decipher which player you're going to pick based on that is a little, little too much for me. I think it's because we have, you know, so much time until the season starts it gives us the opportunity to go in and just pull content out of our rears, which is why we end up, you know, shooting down Jay Ajayi and doing things like that. But I think where it matters the most is if you look at the playoff schedule and you can kind of get a sense of some teams, whether they have a good defensive secondary or they don't. And you can kind of make some judgments based on that. Like, I don't think the New Orleans Saints are going to suddenly just revolutionize the NFL and they play indoor <laughs> games. I think that's – Partly yeah. the the bigger thing too is like, for sure that, that where are these teams playing? Yeah, that like if there's a if you're borderline on a quarterback and you're like, well, his and I, I don't know if anybody has this schedule, but like his last two road games in four in fifteen and sixteen are at Minnesota and at Green Bay. Then I might be a little apprehensive to that. But even then, you're you're thinking you're you're really playing a long con with a with a team and a sport that just changes way too much, sure. even during the course of the season. Like, sure. all you got to do is go back and look at your draft from last year. Just look at your draft. And I like the, the fact that you're poo-pooing this segment entirely, but let me just say that uh, that this is weeks 1 through 14, and, and, and I know that there are other strength of schedules uh, sites out there and information out there. Uh, those tend to use the entire season, 1 through 17, and the reason I focused on 1 through 14 is because it takes you all the way up into the playoffs, uh, which I think is, is a lot more useful than looking at somebody uh, that might be playing a soft team in, in Week 17 that might bump them up a little bit. Um, but a lot of times, but people always have these misconceptions about certain teams. You'll be like, ah, oh, this team, that team's garbage. And you'll be like, well, actually, their run D is solid. Or this team's always playing from behind, so they have to throw more. Like, there's a lot of factors that of course. go into it. Oh, really, Absolutely. And it's it's interesting. It's something to look at, and it's like, oh, that makes sense. But it's like, it, you <laughs> if you think that Cam Newton, if you were not sold on Cam Newton, you're like, well, he's got the fourth easiest schedule. I got to draft him now. That seems like, well, like I said, I think it's more of a tipping point. No, I mean, I don't. I honestly don't factor it at all because the NFL just changes so much, not only week to week, but like at, with a month into the season, like you know. Defensive coordinators come in, and it, it takes a little while for the offense to gel. Players might not start right away and come in later. Rookies find their footing. You know, Joey Bosa's contract situation. He was out for, like, the first whatever. It barely played those first couple games. Finished with 11 sacks. Like, Hold up, hold up, hold up. You cannot tell me that strength of schedule does not make any difference whatsoever. I don't look at it the reason at it, all. Hold up, hold up. When you start taking valuations for Drew Brees, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, you don't take their division into consideration? 
Uh, slightly, but ma- oh, like, come on! No, I'm dead serious. I don't it, at all. Everything changes. I would love to see. I mean, the- I would love to see preseason strength of schedule versus end of season rankings for the last like 10, 15 years because I would guess. Just like throw it all out, like it's all the papers. Just throw it up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Every Friday. Changes. I I understand that it it all changes, and I'm not gonna let it dictate my draft board. I'm no, gonna, no. I'm gonna take good players, and I mean like if if I'm stuck between two very close players, yeah, I may be like, oh well, they play a couple bad secondaries all in their division. I'll take them over that person, but. I, I really don't let it dictate my draft board just because it's so wildly unpredictable. Like I said, I'm not saying strength of schedule is going to move a guy from, like, the, the number 100-ranked player to 50, right? I'm just saying if you've got two similarly valued players and then you look at the schedule, how does that not factor in a little bit into, into your decision-making process? I mean, a little bit. It's got to. I mean, again, we started talking about the MC South – I mean, these quarterbacks there, they have value because all the secondaries in the NFC South are bad. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't know. I, I find that difficult to believe that it doesn't at least factor in a, a, a smidge into people's calculations. No? No, not for uh, me. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, don't, I just don't, I don't yeah, factor that, it in. I agree, yeah. I mean, it's like it's overthinking things way too much. Like, you're, it's cool, but it – God. Like and there's always surprise teams every year. Like sure. oh, we, who saw this team coming? No, like or who no, thought the Bengals who, were going? Oh, I who thought the before Bengals. last year would have predicted the Atlanta Falcons would have murdered every single offensive category after the last couple years being like a middling offense? Nobody. But I bet you. I tell you what. I bet you their strength of schedule would have said, well, at least they at, at least have a soft road in front of them. I don't know. They had to play. They had to play Carolina twice, and that defense was worse than we thought because of injuries and other things. They had to play. Uh, the I mean, you know, the Cardinals who looked like a more formidable opponent, but their defense wasn't as great. So I don't know. I just I can't. Fair enough. Especially with and injuries is such a huge thing, too. It is indeed. Like when you have you could have a great defense and then if those guys get back, especially in the secondary. Like think about the Broncos defense. Horrible matchup right now. If Von Miller gets injured, that's gigantic domino effect. Yeah. So like that's why I just I just why I don't I don't let it dictate my draft board because it can change. In an instant, with just one player getting injured. All right, so there you go. Uh, how about Oakland having the toughest strength of schedule, hardest schedule for fantasy quarterback, fifth most difficult for running backs, third most difficult for wide receivers? I'll run through the list very quickly. Not the entire list, but through the first 14 weeks. Again, this is via scout.com. Uh, for quarterbacks, Minnesota and New Orleans ha- have the easiest schedule. Oakland, KC, the hardest. For wide receivers, it's Minnesota and Chicago with the easiest. The L.A. teams, the Chargers and the Rams, have the hardest strength of schedule through the first 14 weeks. For running backs, it's Carolina and New England with the easiest, Pittsburgh and San Francisco with the hardest, and finally for tight end, it's Minnesota and Pittsburgh with the easiest, San Francisco and Miami with the hardest strength of schedule through the first 14 weeks for tight end. If you want to find it, you can find it on scout.com. All right, let's close out your show with a round of Daily Daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Daps and Hook. Daily dap time. We shall start with MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? Uh, Daps out to Baby Driver, which uh, I saw over the weekend, which was fantastic. And I mean, I'm probably like a week or so late on this because I'm sure everybody else in the world saw it. Yeah, bro, I dapped at the other last podcast. I wasn't here last podcast, (laughs) so it didn't happen. So, but uh, I'm dapping it because I saw it on Sunday and it was, holy crap, amazing. 30 seconds. I mean, really the opening sequence had me hooked. So good. 
and I was like, all right, I'm on board. Let's do this. Um, Anti-DAP goes out. So before I left on vacation, I uh, solicited uh, requests or recommendations for a beer or something I should try when I was uh, abroad in Barcelona. And um, a lot of you responded with Estrella Dam, and um, I wish you weren't liars. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like that was a joke you all played on me, and uh, I don't appreciate it. Uh, it is plentiful. Uh, it is cheap. You can literally buy yeah. it on a street corner at in the middle of the night. And buy, I mean, there are literally guys standing on the street with six packs in their hand. It's a European Bud Light, like chilled six packs that you can buy one for like two euro and stuff. So like, I, okay. When I tell you I had to choke it down, I literally had to choke oh, it down. This yes. was awful. It, it tastes like a skunky Milwaukee's <laughs> best. Like what? that's what uh. it. Was. Oh, right. So whoever, oh. we, I'm, I'm going back. I'm going to go back through my mentions. <laughs> I'm going to take notes. I'm Find gonna, them. Block would, them. Block. I'm making notes. Um, again, I, I feel like you all decided to play a trick on the American kid going abroad, yep. and I don't you appreciate should. it. There you, you go. Should do, you, should do, you should solicit another round of something and see. I think you already know the answer to And see how they, see how they respond. respond. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt Franchise, welcome back to Daily Daps, kid. Thank you. What you got? I'm going to stick to my brand and go with uh, some mu- a music pick. Okay. It's this DJ duo called Pool Poolside. Poolside. Oh, I love I love Poolside. Yeah, they just put a new album out a couple weeks ago, but their name is perfect for the music they make. Mm. It's like chill electronic beat vibes. There's a little bit of vocals, but if you're chilling on a float in a pool this summer, it throw, works. Throw on this album. It's called Heat, fittingly for the summer. I like it, uh, and it's just perfect poolside vibes. So right. check them out. I like it. Wizkid from Wisconsin. Uh, I'm going to dap Sam Brand as well and dap uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. I saw it this weekend and very much enjoyed it. It Spider-Man. Spider-Man. The Spider-Man. It was great. It was very fun. (laughs) It was uh, a good spin for the Spider-Man story. And, like, Uh I mean, you might be like, God, why is there another Spider-Man? Like, didn't we just have this one with Andrew Garfield, which still haven't seen either because they looked like trash and I heard they were bad. But, anyways, this one's very good. Um, So So go see Spider-Man Homecoming. It's, uh, It's very fun. Did Uncle Ben does he die? <laughs> they they skipped the origin story. God, that's so de- that's so depressing. Because them in the Batman movies were having a nice little race. <laughs> like, who gets who gets killed more, Uncle Ben? <laughs> or, Although or the- I will say this, the, the thing I have enjoyed, like kind of subconsciously, about the Spider Man franchise okay. is the Benjamin buttoning of Aunt May. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's been getting she's younger, younger every, time. every time around. That's pretty good. Yeah, as she should. Yeah, <laughs> I want some of her skin cream. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, we'll answer one question here off of Facebook Live. Cool. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, sure. What? The, wait, hold on. Now this is this fits right in with our brand. Tom, Ma- Tom, Tom Marshall asks, uh, "What did you guys think of the new Jay Z album?" Very good. Loved it. Loved have, it. Haven't listened yet. You haven't listened to it yet? I have a download of it. I have not listened. Uh, I am going to whisper very quietly, I did not particularly enjoy it. Oh, come mm. on. I know. I think that's hearsay, James. I know. I don't know is. if that's allowed. It's not allowed. It's not allowed on the internet to talk ill of Jay-Z's 444, uh, and I understand. Oh, dude, come don't, on. Don't tweet this. <laughs> Keep this to yourself. That's why I haven't tweeted it. This is a safe search. Are you sure you don't want me to, like, do the the bars and tone and say, like, we had technical difficulties <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast? Yeah, because to I be, mean, it's, it's pr- okay. Protect your mentions. Don't do this. No. Don't. Oh, come on. What? Because, like, okay, uh, let's pull back yeah. a couple of layers. I haven't heard this album. Oh, but I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and just be like, this is one of the best, uh, best things I've ever heard. Because I don't, like, listen, 
I posted a thing that the why you should root for the Patriots hit today, which means my mentions are going to be a, a firestorm anyway. I'm not going to add fuel to this fire <laughs> by besmirching Jay-Z. Although I do have this question. And I, uh, uh, help me out here. Was okay. he famous before he married Beyonce? Yeah, indeed he was, okay. my friend. But, no, I'm just I'm, I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm kidding. I know. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, I, I do the exact thing I tell you not to do because I'm trying to I'm trying to jump on the I'm trying to jump, jump on, on the, the flame so maybe people will respond to oh, the Jay Z famous. I, <laughs> yeah, I did not. Uh, I don't know. I just didn't. I don't know, man. I just didn't particularly enjoy it. I, it was. It was. I mean, it had some bars. It had some had some good content in it. It just. It didn't have. Where's the fun vibes? Nothing. I mean. This one's supposed to be a fun album. I understand that, but life, it's like... Life is hard. Okay, great. Even I, when you're a billionaire, apparently. Hey, listen, life can suck, but it doesn't mean i got to hear about it. You know what? <laughs> I automatically like this album now. <laughs> <laughs> it already reminds me of Batman versus Superman. Uh, where people are like, oh, where's the fun? You're like, the, Batman's uh, kind of a... He's kind of dour. Isn't, isn't some of the best music in the world come come from tough times? Sure. Coping with them? I mean... I don't disagree. Yeah. If, but, you could, if you couldn't sing about sad things, we'd never hear of Adele. Right? right? Where's the fun? <laughs> Where's the fun in Adele's Not latest? <laughs> Hip hop's a little bit different, though. Is it? Yeah. No? Not a lot. No. All right. Okay. Okay, what? wait. Rank, we need your daps now, right? Yeah. Adam, oh, sure. Hit me. I'm going to dap Celsius. It's Celsius? my new thing. When you talk about hipster, the hipstery, the hipster. Yes. And the franchise just started throwing around Fahrenheit numbers. Disappointed me greatly. <laughs> And I hope other, you know, I ask. We're in America. I'm asking other people. You're asking other hipsters to start talking to, say, to Celsius. Let's start embracing Celsius. But you know what's funny is I've already sold it to most of the world. Good. <laughs> most of the world agrees yes. with me. Yes, yes, you were the champion of Celsius. So now I'm going to start this in America. So when people are like, you're in Vegas, how hot was it? Like, dude, it was in the 40s. Yeah. That's my new thing. I can't believe it. I can't believe it was. Listen, I got to work. I got to the gym today. Okay. It was already 22. We get it. You work out. Couldn't believe it. That's, you know what's funny? It was already Is that 20. every, <laughs> if you go on Twitter around 7 a.m., uh-huh. every, seemingly every tweet yeah. is a humble brag about being at the gym. Yeah. Is it? And I want to take this stack of 45s I'm bench pressing and just smash my phone every time <laughs> I read those. Get a selfie first before you do that. The stack of 45s. Stack of 45s. The one for that's how you know that's how I do the leg press. Is I yeah. just stack up forty fives. I never do a la miles. Yeah, I, I never do them. I oh, actually, okay. you can see them. Yeah. I actually remove the forty fives before I use. <laughs> that's the worst. Yeah, it's like when you want to go use the bench press, but there's a forty five on each side. You're like, oh man, this is gonna be an extra. 10 I'm not. Minutes. In that, I'm not in that mood today. Yeah. I'm not doing bench press unless somebody has left the the quarters on there. That I'm out. Oh. I'm out. Like I'm not playing football anymore. So that's that's I'm so committed though. Yes. To Celsius. Celsius. So that's my only dap. And I got a ton of things to oh, do. Oh, I know. I've I've been gone a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of stuff. <laughs> but Celsius. It's so it's like freezing, zero, boiling, 100. Done. Why do we stop? Why do we stop? You have a point. <laughs> Like this is oh my rank. God. While we're on the Celsius train, can we get, yeah. uh, can we get the metric, system, metric system as yeah. well? Listen, one battle at a time. <laughs> okay, like we, I, I didn't, I didn't realize we had to go back and start and refight the global warming thing. Right, but now it's like <laughs> Celsius might be a little okay. bit too audacious. Okay, for us, <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna get people. 
buy into this. Hey, the rest of the world's doing it. Blank stare. Oh, man. By the way, is anybody watching Big Brother? No. <laughs> that they do. This no. show. What are you talking about? It's still about? on. No one watches that. <laughs> it's All right, James, channel. you want to wrap us up? Uh, yes, I will uh, daily dat Panthers Twitter. Uh, 15 tweets over three days. The first word of those tweets, if you put them all together in reverse order, it equals the Fresh, fresh Prince of Bel-Air opening line. Pretty that, impressive. That was impressive. That took some planning. The Bell and one the, was the best. That's not bad. Yeah. And, it, and the cool thing was is it was something stupid. Yes. Like if they would have been like, Go Panthers! This or year's like, gonna be great. Like, or some, like keep pounding or something. Yeah, yeah. That was, then that I would lame. The but world would cool. No, no, this was. You're cool. not gonna go wrong with that. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Uh, I will also daily dap Conan's clueless gamer. You guys have seen this. Yeah, it's a great it. skit. Oh my god, I can't get enough of clueless gamer. <laughs> I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. This time he goes around. He plays this new game called Arms. He plays it with Will Arnett. I didn't realize Will Arnett. I mean, I've seen Will Arnett. I don't. When you compare Will Arnett's voice to Conan's voice, you don't realize how deep and scratchy that dude's voice is. So maybe Daily daps to Will Arnett's voice. Nice. I guess you don't watch BoJack Horseman. I guess I don't. No, I don't. Because then you would get you kind of get the full measure of how oh, I see. scratchy it can be. I, and again, I've seen him on camera uh, uh, doing different things. It just never it never like st- stuck out to me. But when it's like juxtaposed next to Conan's voice, right? You're like holy hell, man! Yeah, Bojack, and he also he also I think turns it up on Thirty Rock when he I forget oh. what his character's name <laughs> right. is, but he's like Jeff Donaghy's uh, yeah, nemesis, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Banks, Don Banks or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really like ups the gravitas. For, like, <laughs> like, All right, so there you go. For those folks joining us on Facebook Live, we appreciate the views, we appreciate the questions for the Whiz Kid from Wisconsin, Alex Skelhar, the franchise. Rate and review the podcast. Rate and review the podcast. Matt Francis, Sketch MG, my guy Mark Strand. I'm Rick, I'm James Coe. We're out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com.